Welcome to episode 38 of the AMT podcast. I hope you're all starting the new year as you mean to end it. Did you know that 23% of people actually quit their New Year's resolution by the end of the first week? And a staggering 43% quit by the end of January. Guys, if you've made a New Year's resolution, don't forget to make a plan and make one that you can stick to. The easier it is to stick to, the less radical the adjustment will be. Talking of making plans, I'm already into my second week of one-to-one coaching and my student is making huge strides already. Now we're in the process of me watching him trade and I'm looking forward to sharing updates on his progress in due course. Anyway, since crypto is trending again, um, I'd like to talk about it because I know a lot of people are going to dip their toes in the water and unfortunately most people are going to lose money. That's not a harsh judgment or indictment, but just a cold reality. Not everybody's going to make it. If they were, there'd be no value to take. This is the third bull run that I'm going to see in the crypto space. And when you've seen the peaks and troughs of the market several times, you realize some important and repeatable traits that make up human behavior. And that's largely what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about why most people lose money in crypto. Number one, you must not underestimate the madness of crowds. Now, this is more of a psychological concept. You must understand that humans are herd animals. Everyone wants to fit in and bond with others and earn respect and approval from their peers. One of our deepest human desires is to belong. So much so that many people uh, may even compromise on what they know just to be accepted. I'm going to borrow this example, and it's a great one from the Atomic Habits, so any of you that's read it will be familiar with it. In the 1950s, a psychologist called Solomon Ash conducted a series of experiments. An individual subject would enter a room full of strangers. Unknown to the subject, the other participants were planted actors who were instructed to give scripted answers to questions. Now, the group was shown a card with a straight line drawn on it. The second card would have several lines of different lengths. Each person in the room was asked to select the line on the second card, which was close or similar in length to the line on the first card. Simple task, right? The trial began easily where everyone would agree on the correct line on the second card. But after a few rounds, the people were shown tests that were just as obvious as the line example, except this time the actors would deliberately start picking incorrectly. What would happen is that the subject who was unaware of what was going on uh, soon became bewildered. Their agitation grew as one person after another kept delivering the wrong answers. Soon the subject would start to doubt their own eyes and eventually succumb and deliver the same answers incorrectly like everyone else was even though in their heart they knew it was wrong the experiment was run several times and what was discovered was that as the number of actors increased so did the conformity of the subject if there was just one other actor with the subject there was little to no impact the subject would assume the other person is an idiot but as the number of people giving wrong answers increased the likelihood of the subject second-guessing themselves increased by the end of the experiment nearly 75 percent of the subjects had agreed with the group answers, even though it was incorrect. Now, this experiment encapsulates an important part of human nature and how the majority of us are likely to behave. When we are unsure and we see everyone else doing something, we assume they're correct. From a survival standpoint, it's a smart strategy. There's evidence in numbers. We saw the same thing happen during the COVID pandemic when there was an irrational fear of toilet paper running out. The survival desire in us is evolutionary after many generations of tribal living. It's cumbersome going against the grain to think for yourself. But in finance, it's the best thing you can do. But in finance, when you understand that prices are often psychologically driven, driven by hype, by the madness of crowds, 
by the fear of missing out, by the fear of us being wrong and everyone else being right, you'll soon realize that following everybody else is a surefire way to lose money. If everyone was right, everyone would be rich. Number two, diversifying is nonsense. Diversifying for the sake of diversifying will lose you money. Diversification must be taken with nuance. The ethos behind diversification is so that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. If a change in market conditions is going to affect one asset class more than the other, diversifying then becomes a sensible way to make sure your entire net worth does not fall in unison. But there is a kicker because if you do not understand the other asset classes, what you're putting your money into, then you're gambling. Diversifying for the sake of diversifying without fully understanding where you're spreading your money into is even more risky than having your money in one asset that you fully understand. Warren Buffett rightfully said that you should always stick within your circle of competence, even if it means you only understand one thing. If you really wanted to diversify, why would you even consider doing so without fully having the same amount of knowledge as you do in the first asset which you're fully invested in. It's totally possible to learn about two, maybe even three asset classes properly. Any more than you risk wearing yourself thin and being a jack of all trades. As a sports trader, I often asked why I don't trade other sports like football, where there's a seeming tsunami of value up for grabs every single week. Now, whilst I'm obviously missing out on a lot of value, I'm also missing out on taking any unnecessary risk. Racing and cricket is my specialty. That's my bread and butter. And even within those markets, I specialize even further. I'm aware of what it takes to trade two sports fully successfully. Specializing in three, given my constraints, makes it nearly impossible. But I apply a similar logic when it comes to investing in crypto. It's a space so vast with a seemingly infinite amount of coins today that it's just impossible to capture all the value. Instead, I just focus on a few very niche areas. Some of these coins I've watched for years where I'm familiar with the movements, I'm familiar with the trading volume, I'm familiar with the liquidity. I also keep an eye on projects that I've studied extensively and I just ignore the rest of the noise. So many times do people come up to me and say, have you heard about this coin? Or are you going to invest in this or that? Or this coin has gone up 500 fold and you just have to ignore it because it's just impossible to capture everything. There's hundreds, maybe even thousands of different approaches that you can take to position yourself profitably. But you only need to focus on a handful. But more importantly, just master one. Start with that. Anybody who claims to know and understand dozens of different coins is either willfully lying or delusional. Stick to your circle of competence. Number three, crypto is a dynamic and evolving space. What was true last year isn't necessarily the case today. There is still a lot that we don't know. And as soon as we do figure things out, things often change. The main reason for this constant shape-shifting conundrum is largely due to the fact that crypto still awaits mass adoption. Some independent businesses have started accepting it. Some countries even use it. But the volatility makes it too unstable as a consistent medium of exchange. The fees are also extortionately high, making it unusable for money transfers. Uh, as opposed to banks. The laws surrounding ownership and privacy are also always changing. I've been buying crypto since the cowboy days in 2017, where there was literally no such thing as KYC. Today, they want your passport, they want your license, your income, your bank details, your home address, your trading records. Some banks have even stopped dealing with certain exchanges without even notifying customers 
So I've had some of my investments just stuck in limbo for a long time. If crypto is to survive, crypto, especially the leading players like Bitcoin and Ethereum, are going to figure out how to keep gas fees low if it is to ever be used as a consistent medium of exchange or transfer. And despite several promises, we're yet to see banks or major institutions integrated into their system. And after all, why would they? Crypto threatens the very nature of the fiat banking system that dominates world finance. There's an awful lot of faith in crypto and what it stands for. But until we get mass adoption and until we get lower fees than banks for making transfers, crypto can still be classed as a volatile and risky way of speculating. And it still faces a potential similar fate to that of the tulip bubble and the dot-com bubble. Okay, number four, over-leveraging. Now, when it comes to leveraging your trading, this is about the most riskiest thing you could ever do, especially with markets as capricious as crypto. Leveraged or margin trading, as it's known, is a tool that gives you exposure to larger trading positions with the goal of amplifying your profits. The downside is that it multiplies your losses. For example, if you're trading with a 1 to 10 margin, a 10% move will cause a 100% gain or loss. So whilst it's a great way of profiting very quickly, uh, it's also a great way of losing your money, which is the case with most people. As it was with me, I started dabbling with leverage at the peak of the market in 2022, before the entire market cap recoiled violently, losing over 50% as prices just cascaded. The pullback caused a staggering $2 trillion market wipeout. The downturn exposed the sheer amount of leverage that was in the market at the time. Long positions were getting squeezed out and liquidated, and this was in large part responsible for the added volatility. And it was a harsh, painful lesson for me that took me a long time to recover from. Whilst I'll concede that it's definitely a useful tool when the occasion calls for it, for the majority of people, you'd be wise to stay away from it and just leave it to the professionals. Exchanges like Binance swiftly went on to ban retail traders from dabbling in their leveraged products and reserve them for professionals only. They did so with the aim of protecting newbies like myself, you know, because we make we make up a large part of the liquidity. So if we're scared off from ever investing in it, and again, uh, it's not good for the future uh, of cryptocurrencies. But uh, by the time they did ban it, I'd already learned my lesson by then. And as critical as I have been of the invasive measures that exchanges have recently undertaken in the crypto space. This is one of the few moves that, that I can admit is going to be a net benefit for investors. Reflecting upon that year where I did dabble in excessive leverage, fundamentally it stemmed from the fact that I got greedy. Overleveraging stems from a psychological fault where greed and fear cause us to do stupid things, as was the case with me. You can only capitalize on your greed if you have an edge to exploit. I had no idea what I was doing. I was good at putting money in the right places and letting those positions mature over a longer time horizon. Trading the intraday movements was very new to me at the time. I was fearful of not exploiting those astronomical gains that were on offer at the time. And I was just impatient. I was in a rush to make a lot of money. And when you blindly step into new territory without consideration of the downside, uh, you'll inevitably lose your money. So have a game plan have tight risk management, be patient, and stick to what you know. Okay, number five, market cycles. This is another major reason why retail investors lose money. You must always understand the context uh, of the time in which you are buying. This loosely relates to the first point where I spoke about following the crowd, which is the worst possible way of timing your entries. The overwhelming majority of people uh, in this bull cycle are going to behave the exact way they did in the last one, and the one before that. People are only going to buy when others are buying. 
until momentum is such that people are just scrambling to jump in front of each other just to get their orders filled. This is what causes overheating in the market where prices are just climbing so fast. Trading volume is at its highest and prices become more of a reflection of short-term greed rather than the underlying asset itself. When the sell-off ensues and the margin calls come in, leveraged positions get liquidated and the house of cards just come falling down. And those who are left holding the bag get fed up, liquidate their positions, the long winter bear market returns, and as soon as prices are rising again and crypto is dominating the headlines and your barber, your brother's wife and your neighbor start talking about Bitcoin again, the whole cycle repeats itself. But instead of trying to understand why people do what they do, learn to just spot it and just notice where we are in the cycle. When people are fearful and when trading volume is low and when prices are bottoming out, this is when you should be preparing to buy. This is when you should be accumulating assets. When crypto again, becomes part of the mainstream pop culture. That's when you should be anticipating the next peak. I've seen this happen twice now. Like I said, this is my third time I'm going to be involved in a bull run. And people who've traded stocks long enough will have seen this happen over and over as well. It's a rinse and repeat method. People move in herds. And as you know, the sheep always get slaughtered. The question I always get asked and will continue to get asked is, when should I buy Bitcoin and when should I sell it? And my answer is always the same. Uh, it depends. What are you trying to achieve? Is this a long-term investment? If so, it shouldn't matter if you think it will be more valuable in five years time. But if you're trying to time the market and make a quick buck, then this nearly always ends in disappointment. Bitcoin, along with any other asset, will trade below its market peak price 99% of the time. People who don't know what they're doing are guaranteed disappointment because if they sell and prices continue to rise, uh, they wish they'd held on longer. And the people who sell for profit and the prices pull back, are only happy for as long as the price doesn't reach a new high the next time a bull run starts, which has been the case every single time with Bitcoin. And then they buy it back at the top and then they lose all their profit. Had you just bought and held Bitcoin for the last seven years, you would have made 40 times your money back. Trying to behave like a trader by timing the market will hamper your profit substantially over the long run. It's a completely different skill. Understand market cycles, know which phase you're in, and set your expectations accordingly. It takes discipline to not follow the crowd and feel like you've missed out. Even smart, shrewd investors uh, can often get sucked into doubting themselves when they're seeing dumb people around them getting rich. All that's likely going to happen is you're going to buy at the top, the markets will pull back, and you're going to get bullied out of your position. Do your homework on an asset class and strike when everyone else is fearful to do so. And when it comes to leverage, just leave that to the experts. There's so many variables influencing price that we're often not privy to. If you don't understand the intraday movements, just don't trade it. Just buy, hold, and wait for your position to mature. And if you do buy and hold, it doesn't mean you just forget about your positions. Always monitor any updates or developments in the crypto space. Remember, things are always changing and what's true today may not be the case tomorrow. Cryptocurrencies are still awaiting actual real-world application. So until that happens, speculators will dominate trading volume and price charts. And when it comes to diversifying, only do so if you understand where you are going to spread your money. Diversifying for the sake of diversifying is actually even riskier than leaving your eggs in one good basket. If you're a specialist in one area, just stick with it. And lastly, ignore the crowd. They're usually wrong. FOMO or fear of missing out is an easy trap to fall into. But the bigger the crowd and the more momentum behind a price, the bigger and more aggressive the free fall is going to be when that inevitable price correction comes in. You do not want to be the one 
left holding the bag. I promise you, if you just stick to these five tenets and just be sensible, have a game plan, be patient, and only get involved in things that you understand, you'll make some good, consistent returns over the coming years. Anyway, we'll wrap it up here. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Let me know what you guys think. And I'll see you guys in the next video.